morning. Man, I'm glad that you guys are here. And yesterday, let me tell you, I had a great day. Um, It started out with, I went to my wife's, so dad's, so my father-in-law's, I went to his family reunion, and that was a great time. And while I was there at that family reunion, um, I got news that my sister had her baby. And so it was, that was a fun time where we got to leave my, this family reunion and drop by the hospital and we got to see this little, little guy. Um, and so I think I got a picture of him, maybe, maybe, possibly. Well, he's cute. He's... He's doing good. His name's Levi Diaz, and he's doing good, and the mom's doing good, and so we are blessed, and we're really excited about that, um, and, I, and I'm excited to continue in our road trip series this morning. Last week, we uh, talked about Israel crossing the Red Sea, and, um, and that's a great story, isn't it, uh, just how God has provided, and it shows God's miraculous saving power. And a bigger picture, it shows God's plan for redemption. He used Moses to provide a physical salvation from a physical slavery. And what we know Jesus does is provide a spiritual salvation from a spiritual slavery. And so it's a great story, great reminder. And this morning, where we're going to pick up is after Pharaoh allows Israel to leave Egypt, we're, we're a month into the journey now. It, it, we're, they've, they've crossed the Red Sea, and, and now they're walking in this desert that's known as the wilderness of sin. And on this, while they're walking, they, they've, they need two things. They need food, and they need water. And they're in this great need of it. And if you're like me, I, on a road trip, you, you want two things. You want something to eat and something to drink. Um, in college, I, I had a 10-hour drive to go home and to go to school. And so I would always stop and start with something to eat and something to drink. And so I would make these very strategic pit stops on the way to get food and get something to drink. And I have a, I've had a great time growing up. My family loves road trips. They love doing road trips. And if you're ever out west, stop by a pizza ranch, let me tell you. Do not get the pizza at the pizza ranch. Get the fried chicken. It's amazing. It's great. And and there's another place uh, I went to growing up, and we were in Nebraska, and we stopped at this rest stop, and I picked up a pamphlet, and and I love steak. That's like one of my favorite foods. And so I looked at this pamphlet, and and it was all these restaurants, and and there's a steakhouse, and I'm like, Mom, Dad, let's go here. And uh, so we, we went to this place called Ole's. And Ole, this guy, he's, he uh, hunted around the world. He just went around the world and he would take home his prize hunt and take it and put it into this restaurant. So you walk in to this restaurant and it just blows your mind because you walk right in and there's this stuffed polar bear. And you're like, what in the world did we just walk into? And then you, you were sitting there, and I'm, I'm about to eat this big old steak. And I was, I was a little kid, and I'm about to eat this big old steak. But there's a giraffe's head over our table that I'm just concentrated on because I'm thinking, is that thing going to fall on us? That's like a long neck. And, and then you look across the restaurant, and there's an elephant's head. Like, it was, it was an, an incredible place. 
And we, you know, we love getting something to eat and drink on a road trip. And for Israel, their food and drink, it was a matter of life and death. They're walking in the desert. They are on the greatest road trip ever, but they are in the desperate need for food and water. What I hope us, we see this morning is this, and how God, he provides for them their need. And I, I hope we also see this. Where their confidence was and where their confidence should be in. And where our confidence ultimately should be. And I think we can learn this in Psalm 78 verse 7, which I think sets up our whole morning. Psalm 78 is a psalm talking about them leaving the Red Sea, when they're crossing the Red Sea. And it talks about them in this, on this journey, on this road trip. And so verse 7 is just talking about their, what their attitude was like. And it says this. It says that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commands. See, they, the, the thing that Israel was doing on this road trip is that they were continuously forgetting what God has already been doing. They were forgetting the works of God. They, they weren't very, their confidence wasn't in God. And if it was, they would have remembered those works. So they lack this confidence, even, even so they, though they've seen so much on a, this journey that they find themselves on. Their, and their lack of confidence leads to this, this huge, some, several huge problems. And I think one of those is this problem of consistency that we can see in them. And when we don't have this when we don't have a, our confidence in God, we're going to have an issue with consistency in our life. And for Israel, it shows up in chapter 15, Exodus 15, where we're seeing this lack of consistency. And for, chapter 14, that's where the Red Sea split. That's where the Israel has crossed the Red Sea. And so in chapter 15, the first 21 verses of it, they're singing songs. They're singing praises to God. They're worshiping God. They just saw something amazing. They watched water split, and they were able to walk on dry land. They saw something miraculous. So they worshiped God, praising him for that, the fact that he delivered them out of Egypt. And they're celebrating. It's kind of like what we're going to hopefully do next week, right? We're going to celebrate all that God has done for us here at Grace, what he's continuing to do while we celebrate next week. But their gratitude and joy, this, this is where the inconsistency part shows up. Their attitude and joy, it quickly changed because they're walking in this desert and they need water. And when I was preparing for this, I, I'm looking at and trying to figure out, man, just stats about water, kind of. So the human body, this is one we've probably heard, two-thirds of the human body is made out of water. Here's one that kind of blows my mind. It still blows my mind. When, when you get 70, when you hit 70, you, pro, you will, on the average person, takes in one and a half million gallons of water. My wife tells me all the time I have to drink more water, and so... I know by the time I'm 70, that is nowhere going to be close to where I, my, it's just not. Um, but 
when studies also show that increasing water consumption decreases fat deposits because it's water's a natural appetite suppressant. ABC Science Online, it says this, that thirst will make you feel more pain. I didn't know that. Um, if you lose 2% of all your body's water supply, your energy will decrease by 20%. So maybe if you don't have a lot of energy, maybe we should drink more water. Um, at 10% decrease in water, we can't walk. And at 20% decrease in water, we're dead. So Israel, they're not, they're not 20% because so they're, they're not dead. And they're not at 10 because they can still walk. But we know they're losing energy. We, we kind of can feel them on that. We can kind of understand what they're kind of going through. They're thirsty. And they come to this place called Merah where they ha- it has a watering hole. They're, and they're thinking, oh, great, there's water. And they looked at it, and it's not good. It's, the passage actually says it's bitter water. So, so they are sitting there with still no water. And so they start grumbling and complaining. And then God, hearing all of that, he provides for them. He actually tells Moses, he instructs Moses to take this tree and throw it into the water. And when Moses does that, the water, this bad and bitter water, it becomes good. It becomes sweet, as the passage says. Why is God doing that? He's trying to remind Israel again that he is their provider, that he's going to take care of them. He's he's taking them out of Egypt, what they were just singing a song about, that they were delivered from Egypt. And then they go and not not thinking, oh, yeah, God has taken us from Egypt. He's going to now provide for us. No, they stop and start complaining because their thirst is kind of taking over. So we see this flip, this inconsistency. You know, one that we can have, where we can be one way in one moment, and just a few moments later, we're just, we're another way. We have have this inconsistency also in ourselves. This morning, we're singing songs, praising God, And this afternoon, we could find ourselves questioning God or disobeying God. We have this inconsistency because we get so wrapped up in the praise because it can be enjoyable. It can be fun. That we sometimes, we have this struggle of actually putting our faith into practice. We struggle doing it. So why do we have this problem with consistency? Why do we have it like Israel why, why does Israel have this problem of consistency? It's because they have this lack of confidence in God. And I think there's times in our life where we are inconsistent in our faith, and, and, but we like the idea of God. We like the, that God will, he's, he says he's going to provide our every need. We love that part. But then when it comes down to it, we, we want, sometimes we want God to just stay out of portions of, and areas of our life. Like, no, that's not for you, God. And, and there's sometimes we act, and the way we act and kind of go about our life, we act like we don't want God in our life at all. I 
And the reason I think we're so inconsistent is because we sometimes also lack confidence in God. And that lack of confidence shows up in our inconsistency. But just like Israel, it also shows up in the way they complain. Israel's lack of confidence in God doesn't just make them have this problem of consistency. It gives them also this problem of complaining, which we're seeing at the end of chapter 15. And, but you also see it throughout chapter 16 and 17. And, and in my opinion, when you're looking at chapter 15, then 16, and then 17, it, their complaining just increases. It gets worse. Chapter 16, it actually says this. Then they set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full? For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And if, you, if you look at verse 3, that, that passage right there, that verse, is the same complaint against Moses and ultimately against God that they did when they arrived at the shores of the Red Sea, saying, man, it would have been better just to remain in Egypt. Why did you bring us out here? They're not having confidence in God that he will provide, that he is doing something in the midst of this. And yet, in verse 4, it continues, and the Lord said to Moses, and this is cool, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them, whether or not that they will walk in my instruction. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as the they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the sons of Israel, At evening you will know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your grumblings against him. And what are we that you grumble against us? You know, it, look, it, this is crazy. They're complaining, they're grumbling, they're, and they, other places it uses the word murmur. Those three words, the times that they happen the most in the Old Testament is in these stories. In these old, this road trip stories where we are seeing incredible miracles. God do incredible things. And they're complaining and they're grumbling because they lack confidence in God. And yet, even with them complaining and grumbling, God provides and he provides in you know, this crazy, insane way. He rains bread. And I, I try to picture bread falling from the sky. It's kind of hard to picture, right? God doesn't strike them down. He just provides for them. And did you catch that part in the middle of the passage where it's saying that he's, he's testing them to see if they're going to obey him? They're watching bread and meat fall from the sky. And God's just saying, that should prove to you who's, who's the one that's providing this. 
Now, just trust, have your confidence in me that I, I'm going to continue to provide for you. I've taken you out of Egypt, and now you are here. And I'm going to, yes, I'm going to provide for you here. So you would think, you would think they had stopped. They would stop complaining, right? But in, but in chapter 17, we see them complain again. They got, they got food, manna, and quail but they're now they're thirsty again. And so chapter 17, it says, Then all the congregation of the sons of Israel journeyed by stages, by stages from the wilderness of sin. And according to the command of the Lord, and they camped at Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. And therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Ready? Why do you test the Lord? Right there, it should be light bulbs going off. They're, they're being tested. Why are you testing God? It should, it should be pretty evident. Well, okay, you're, you're now you're testing him. You're not having confidence that he's going to provide, so you're complaining again? Then it, it says, but they thirsted. Their thirst was driving them to complain again, but they thirsted there for water. And so they grumbled against Moses and said, why now have you brought us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Do you see it again? There's the same complaint they have now made three times. This complaint, why have you taken us out of Egypt? That one that they're directing towards Moses, but they're ultimately directing it towards God. Like, why, why are you going? Why did you take us out of Egypt? Why is God, why has God brought us out of Egypt? At least we had food in Egypt. At least we had water in Egypt. It would have been easier. This complaint they made at the Red Sea, it would have been easier to be a slave. So Moses, he's, he's, he's looking at them and just thinking, what do I do? So it says in verse 4, so Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, what shall I do to this people? A little more, and they're, they're going to stone me. And then the Lord said to Moses, pass before the people and take the, with you some of the elders of Israel. And take in your hand your staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you there at the rock of Horeb. And you shall strike the rock, and the water will come out of it, and that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He named the place Massa and Meribah because of the quarrel of the sons of Israel, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? And I, I sit here and I look, and, I, and I'm kind of, in a way, it's tiresome, right? You're just like, when are you going to get it? They're complaining again, and, 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 and they're, it's just like they're, they're just complaining, and yet God provides for them again. And just think, think, think about what they have seen. They saw food from the sky, and now they're seeing water come out of a rock. And why does God provide in such a crazy way? Why doesn't he just give them a puddle to drink out of? Why doesn't he just, and that's what's going through my mind. Why isn't, why isn't God just, just giving them, like, maybe a deer just walks by and he's like, hey, there's a deer. Why, is he, why does he have to provide in such a miraculous way? Because 
it can only be answered by the fact that he provided it. That it wasn't a random chance. That it was God. It was to increase their confidence in him. It was to grow their confidence in him. You know, I think when I'm looking at the story, I I think about the stuff I complain about. The the sometimes trivial things I complain about that don't matter. And I look and I think, okay, they're complaining. At least they're complaining about something that is life and death. A a life and death scenario of food and water. They're in a desert. At least they're complaining about life and death. But even that. We're seeing it's not okay. Their complaining shows their lack of confidence in God. And ultimately, their lack of confidence in God leads to their judgment from God. Which shows us Israel's biggest problem is that they didn't trust and believe God. Look at verse 7, chapter 17. It says, he named the place Massa, Test, and Meribah, Coral. And because of the quarrel of the sons of Israel, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? They, again, they just saw food fall from the sky and water come from a rock. In a way, how ungrateful. To me, it's like, why aren't they singing again? Why aren't they praising? Now, why isn't like chapter 15 and the first 21 verses, man, God, how did you provided this? We're in the praising him. But it's ungrateful. It's complaining. They're not, just te- they're not just testing God with their hearts. They're questioning God with their mouths. They're seeing how much they can get away with. They're, they're, they're challenging his wisdom. They're challenging his power and his love for them. And it's sad to me. I think about Israel and I think about how they are just missing it. They're missing what God is doing and what God is doing for them. They're missing out on the opportunity to thank him and praise him for that. But I think about us. How often are we missing that? <laughs> we are standing in a church in a town of 1,600 people and in and, and a in a in a place that is, is growing, in a place that people are, we're seeing lives impacting and change. How much we have seen God work and why we're going to celebrate next week. We've seen too much to complain and be inconsistent. We're too, we've seen too much to, to not be amazed and left in amazement. And then I read a psalm like Psalm 78, and it just shocks me even more. Look at it. In verse 19, it says, Then they, Israel, they spoke against God. And they said, Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Right right before this, God had just delivered them. They just watched the Red Sea get split. They walked on dry land, and they're asking, Can God give us a table in the wilderness? And then God, in verse 20, says, Behold, he struck the rocks so the waters gushed out and the streams were overflowing. Can he give bread also? Will he provide meat for his people? 
And because they're questioning, because they're, they're complaining, and because of their inconsistency, and because of their lack of confidence in him. Look, it, it, therefore, the Lord heard and was full of wrath, and a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also mounted against Israel. And here's your key, because they did not believe in God, and they did not trust in his salvation. But yet... God, he commanded the clouds above and he opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna upon them to eat and gave them food from heaven. He did eat the bread, man did eat the bread of angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens and by his power he directed the south wind. And when he rained meat upon them like dust, even weaned fowl like the sand of the seas, then he let them fall in the midst of their camp, round about their dwellings. So they ate and they were filled. And their desire he gave to them. See how faithful God is? Even with Israel not being faithful, their, their inconsistency. Look how faithful God is. Even though he's angry and about their complaining and lack of confidence in him, he provides again and again and again. And you know what he does for us? He provides again and again for us. And when we complain, can you imagine when we complain about the things we, sometimes we complain about? how it feels, and, and when we ask questions and we test God how it feels, look at Moses when he, Moses says in Deuteronomy 6.16, 6, he says this, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massa. And, and, and Israel has seen so much. They saw in fewer than six months, the Israelites have witnessed ten plagues, the pillar of cloud and fire. They witnessed the opening and shutting of the Red Sea, the miraculous sweetening of water. And they've witnessed food falling from heaven. They've witnessed a rock spitting out water. Even seeing all that, the question that they came down to with is, is the Lord with us or not? And I think this is what happens. We do that same thing to get today. It's, it's like we, we put the question, is God still here? Does he still love me? It, is, it, why is this happening this way in my life? Right? Like, we, we do the same thing because we lack, sometimes we lack confidence in God. Even though all what Israel saw, even though what we have seen, Israel lacked confidence in God, and sometimes we lack confidence in God. So we can be like Israel, having this problem with our consistency, problem with the way we, and we can see it in the way we praise him. We can see that, and honestly, we can see that in the way we, maybe how we view church, whether it's important or not important. And we can see that in the way we get in his word. We can see that in the way we pray. And then we, we, could, we can complain about just silly, or we, we complain about silly things. That, and let us be honest, if God's not happy with the way Israel is complaining about life and death, how would he complain about when we sometimes complain about little trivial things that don't really matter? 
Our complaining shows our inconsistency. So some of us, what we're going to do is we're going to leave church today and we're going to go home and we're going to complain about something. About something not being done or something. We're just going to, we're going to find something to complain about. Ultimately, our complaining and our inconsistency in our life, it shows our lack of confidence in God. It's either we don't believe God really can do it or we don't really know who God is. And, and, and it's it, either way, it, what I hope for us, church, grace, is that we're going to see something change for us. That ultimately our community sees something change. Our, you think about it. Our world is inconsistent. Our world is so inconsistent. We see tragedies, and we, but we also see some amazing things. What our world needs is people who are consistent. So let's be consistent. Let's find our truth in God's word. Let's start being consistent in the way we praise him. And as a youth pastor, what I can tell you is as, just as an advice from a guy who works with students, the greatest thing for your student would be that your student is here. Because if your church is an option for your family, if it's made an option, church will not be important for your student. It won't. Because they're watching you, who is the greatest spiritual influence in their child, your child's life, make church an option. And so your student is making church not important. We have to be consistent. It's either church is important or church is not important. And then we don't complain. Think if the world saw a group of people who didn't complain about life and they didn't complain about death, that they didn't complain about trivial things, that they look forward in full confidence and looking to God. And our world would be shocked, right? Our world would look and be wondering what is happening at Grace Community Church. How are people so confident there? How are people not complainers there? How are they so consistent? Because we've seen too much. And I want us to look at Psalm 4610, and I hope this is the kind of confidence we can have in God. It says, cease striving, stand firm. And know that I am God, because I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted among the earth. The issues that we see come up in the story, of, and we, the issues of complaining and consistency that we see come up in the story of, of Israel, and the issues that we have of complaining and consistency present one thing. Do we believe God? Do we believe God when he says he loves us, that he does? And do we believe God when he says he's going to provide all of our needs that he will? And, and if we are, we're sitting here today and saying, I believe that the sovereign God of the universe, that he loves me and that he's going to provide everything that I need. And the outcome is we're more consistent and we're not complaining because our full confidence is in him. And our trust and our belief, it's all in him. Nothing else. So next week, we get to celebrate. Celebrate what God has done. 
Ultimately, it's a reminder for us to be consistent and not complain because we've seen too much and he's too good. If you guys would, stand with me. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this day, and I thank you so much for your love for us. Lord, I thank you that you have said that you will, you will provide all of our needs. We thank you so much for your faithfulness to us, even when we're not faithful. We thank you for the fact that you have provided a place like this where we can come and just hear truth, hear your word, Lord where we can be reminded to be consistent in our life, where we can be reminded to not complain, and we can be reminded that our confidence needs to be in you and in nothing else. Thank you for this day, and we just pray this in your name. Amen.